Hi everyone, this is Tony. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. Tonight I am joined by Adam, Rachel, and Bridget. How's everyone doing? Hey Tony. Hey Tony. I'm Hi. Tonight is going to be a very exciting episode. It is the first in our series of Disney Cruise Line shows where we will give you everything from the history of the ships, description of the ships, how to plan your trips, the entertainment, dining, food, everything you want to know. And it all starts today in our freshman year course, Disney Cruise Line 101. We are your instructors. This is the first of, what, 20 episodes we'll do about this? It's uh, 27 episodes with four sub-episodes each. Okay. All right. No, it's, it's it's not that bad. It is a work in progress. We're not sure how many episodes it will be, but it will probably be at least five. It'll last at least until Nick Bridget's son goes to college, right? Yes, and okay. he's nine now. He's eleven. So buckle up, everybody. Yeah, will Excellent. there be a test at the end? Of course, uh, there will be. There will be a test, but it's open book. That's my policy. Okay, <laughs> I love it. So of, of the three of us, Bridget, Rachel, and myself have all cruised with Disney. Adam is the cruise, well, will we'll be the cruise rookie in May when he cruises with a travel te- a team of travel agents from Main Street and More Travel. Um, so this, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a primer for him as well. And, you know, we'll start off like everything, a little history of your topic. Disney Cruise Line, before it was Disney Cruise Line, Disney started sailing with what was known as the Big Red Boat by Premier Cruises in 1986. They had Disney characters on board. They had character meals. Uh, they sailed a Bahamian itinerary. Eventually, they added two more big red boats, which did have an affiliation with uh, Disney as well. And then eventually that soured. Disney wanted to start talking to Carnival and Royal Caribbean to replace Premier. And that really went nowhere. Uh, neither party was interested. So on May 3rd, 1994, Disney notified people that they would be starting their own cruise line. And that became the Disney Cruise Line, which is actually incorporated as Magical Cruise Company Limited, uh, which is based in London. Operational headquarters are in Celebration, Florida, and the ships themselves are flagged in the Bahamas. So it is truly an international organization. The first ship of the fleet came on board as the Disney Magic, and she started sailing in 1997. So the cruise line itself is 22 years old. They were the first in the industry to have their own private island, which we know as Castaway Key. Interesting fact, Castaway Key was originally used by, well, not originally, but prior to Disney taking it over, it was a drug smuggling island, uh, oh. which is why there is an airstrip on there. Uh, uh, to smuggle the drugs, <laughs> nice. they would they would fly the drugs from wherever in the, in the southern hemisphere up to this island and use it as a point to jump over to Miami and mm. other parts of the states. Uh, eventually, that land was seized uh, and bought by uh, bought by Disney. So, a very interesting uh, component there. And that runway still serves a purpose. It is not a runway anymore, although they could land small planes on it. But it is what you know they use to bring the trams uh, across the island, and it's a biking path, so it's it's very cool. The fleet has grown over the years to four ships. Uh, when they started out with the Magic class, uh, and then followed by the Dream class in the 2010s. And uh, I think Bridget's got a little information on the Magic class, which were the first two ships. Yeah, so something kind of fun is that the magic was actually, when I worked in Disney, 
in the summer of 1998 is when they actually launched the magic. So I was actually working in Orlando when a couple cast members from the land were called up to go down as security for the magic and it's a inaugural sailing. So, which is kind of cool. And I still have like our little like newsletter that they gave us as cast members. And, you know, it's a big picture of the magic and that's the first ship I sailed on, which was only last year. So, which is, took me a while to get on there, but I did it. But the magic is, um, it actually had, can fit 20, 700 passengers and it has 875 staterooms so it actually is one of the smaller ships because the wonder will fit 2400 passengers so the wonder is actually a little bit smaller but not by much you know six to one half dozen the other and then there's 950 crew members so if you think about it that's one crew member per stateroom and plus some so they can accommodate pretty much anything and everything and the disney magic is the art deco style Art Deco is a little more sleek or a little more contemporary, where the wonder is the Art Nouveau. Yeah, and I think the the main difference between the two is Art Deco is more like the 50s with sleek lines, you know, and Art Nouveau is more of that 30s and 40s flowery kind of architectural styles. Right. Yeah. So, and I can definitely see that, like thinking about Back to the Magic, and I, I can totally see that that Art Deco feel. Some of the entertainment on board. So they have live Broadway shows in the Walt Disney Theater, which is it's is really cool. It's a beautiful theater. The shows are amazing. Being a Broadway junkie and, and theater person myself, they're top notch. I mean, I've been to some and you're like, huh, it's yeah, it's okay. These are fantastic. There were three on the cruise we went on to Bermuda and we went to at least two of them. Um, we didn't make it to the other one because of dining at Palo that night, but they're awesome. And then there's two movie theaters, well, the Walt Disney Theater and then the Buena Vista Theater, which is where they show first run movies. And then they have nightclubs, lounges, pools, there's adult pools, there's family pools. They have the aqua dunk on board. You basically don't sit and then push yourself down. It it drops you and then you go down the slide, which is cool. And Mark and, and Nick enjoyed that quite a bit. I declined and just kind of hung out on the uh, beach chairs. There is also for dining, we have Lumiere's uh, Animator's Palette and Rapunzel's Royal Table, which is all character with Rapunzel and um, some of her friends from Snuggly Duckling. Her Snuggly Duckling friends are there. The food on board a cruise is delicious. I mean, the, it's amazing. Their food is fantastic. The dining atmosphere is wonderful. They also have cabanas, which is just kind of your quick service, you know, just grab food when you're ready to eat rather than having to do the rotational dining. It's a ship that has 11 decks. So it's not like having that be our first cruise. I didn't find it to be overwhelming. We, we sailed a five-night cruise to Bermuda from New York, and I thought for the first cruise that would be good because it wasn't too long. We didn't really know. Like, Nick can get a little motion sickness, so I, I really wasn't sure what to expect. We bought, like, stock and Dramamine because we had no idea. And um, so if anyone needs Dramamine, I still have a boatload of Dramamine. Everybody did fine. It was a, the perfect time span for our first cruise, and the ship wasn't too big. Like, it was very, very easy to navigate. I remember taking a ship tour several years ago and thinking like, oh my, like, how do you find your way around the ship? Because they kept showing us different categories of rooms. And I was just so confused. But once you're on board and you're actually sailing on this cruise, it's very easy to get around. So, and this ship was, since it was smaller, it was great for a first timer because it kind of gave you the lay of the land. You could easily find things and it was easy to go from, you know, one deck to the other and know where things were. Yeah, Bridget, so, I'm 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 going to jump in there and, and agree sure. with you there. If you, if you're a first time cruiser, the Magic or the Wonder, great ships. They're not gigantic. 
you know, you become familiar with the the layout very easily. It's not like some of these mega ships that, you know, uh, have parks on them and carry, you know, eight or nine thousand guests. They're it, they're they're very nice. They're quaint ships, as I like to say, uh, and 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 they're a very nice ship to introduce yourself to cruising. Yeah, totally agree. They have obviously um, they have their kids' activities, the Oceaneer Club and the Oceaneer Lab, which is for your kids ages three to. 10 and then kids 11 to 14 can go to the edge my kids spent a lot of time at the oceaneer club and oceaneer lab the oceaneer club is for the kind of like young the younger side of that age group and then the oceaneer lab is for the older ones but i'll be honest they're connected by a hallway they're kind of across the hall from one another but there's like a private hallway that they can kind of go back and forth in between the security there is amazing the kids have a band they scan their band before you've boarded that ship, they've taken your picture to know that you are that child's parent or someone that can is allowed to pick up that child from the kids club. And it's very, very secure. And I'll be honest, Nick was, he spent a lot of time in both. You know, he would do Oceaneer Club stuff, even though I thought like he would kind of, you know, maybe shy away from it because the lab had all the Marvel stuff and that kind of, all those activities going on. But he would go to the club and then he'd hang out there and then he'd go back to the lab and he just kind of bounced back and forth and they loved it. I mean, they would like, there would be stuff at nine o'clock at night and I'm like, they're going to be exhausted. They're not going to want to go. And they totally on board. They'd went and we, Mark and I would go get a drink at one of the nightclubs and then go pick them up. They're, they're great. So they have all that on board and then they have the small world nursery for the infants. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that pretty much covered everything. They have Paolo on, on the Disney magic, but they do not have Remy. We're throwing a lot of information at people for a, a, an introductory 101 level class. You know, there, there is a lot, you know, it is a pretty good overview uh, of, of what you're going to have on, on the ships. And, uh, you know, as Disney uh, got familiar with the cruise industry and listened to their guests, they actually decided to order two more ships. And, you know, they took some of the suggestions from the guests. They saw how things were moving. They made some changes to this new class of ship. They enlarged the ship because the cruise line was so popular. And that's how we ended up with the dream class. And I know Rachel has sailed on the dream class. And I think she's got a little bit of information for that class of ships. I do. Uh, The Disney dream was actually the third ship in the fleet. It's at sale in 2011, and I found this interesting. Its godmother is Jennifer Hudson. I guess that means does she that means she cracked the champagne bottle on it. Is that what that means? I think exactly. so. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, got to tie in some pop culture trivia there. So this was christened January 19, 2011. It has a total of. 1,250 passenger cabin. If there are two people in each cabin, that would be 2,500 passengers, but maximum is 4,000 passengers, and it has 1,458 crew members. So there are a lot more people on the Dream as well as the Fantasy. The Fantasy has the exact same numbers than the Magic and the Wonder. Uh, The Fantasy is the fourth ship in the fleet. It uh, was christened on March 1st, and its godmother is Mariah Carey. Fun uh, fact. Yes. Tony's godmother also is Mariah Carey. That is true. See? You make it no, it's, it's not true. You're confusing Rachel. <laughs> I was, yes. Because you know I can't <laughs> take anything that's not literal. And Stop I'm like, them. well, you know what I started thinking about was now that could not be possible with her age. But I started trying to do the math. Sorry. Anyway, 
It's just one of those days. Um, there are 14 passenger decks. So not only are there more rooms, there are more decks. There are many dining options on the Dream and the Fantasy. Both ships have the animator's palette, which is on the Magic and the Wonder as well. And that is the most popular restaurant, I would say. They both have the Enchanted Garden. The Fantasy has Royal Court. The Dream has Royal Palace. And to Tony, I said, what's the difference? Well, of course, Tony, you know the difference in the two. So I'm going to let you share that. Yes. One is a court and one is a palace. <laughs> no, it, it's really just a different. <laughs> it's really just a different name. Both of the restaurants are inspired by Disney princesses. So it's very regal looking. There are some homages to Cinderella, Belle. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White throughout the dining area. And they're just very regal. I, I, I think they switched the name up a little bit. You know, it's kind of like the magic and the wonder have Lumieres and Tritons. You know, they, they don't want them to be identical in terms of name. But as far as style goes, the restaurants are very similar in look. Uh, I, I think they just do it to, you know, give a different dining, a different name to each of the main dining rooms. The Dream Class also has two adult-only restaurants. The Palo, which serves the Italian food, and then Remy is the French restaurant. These restaurants also provide brunch. So you can book them for, make a reservation for them for dinner as well as for brunch. Both ships also have cabanas like the Magic and the Wonder. Um, I love cabanas for their breakfast buffet as well as their lunch buffet. Cannot be missed with the crab legs overflowing as well as the shrimp. And I think we even had oysters one night, one day. And then you have your quick service restaurants on the pool deck, which are themed around the Cars movie. On both ships, they do have the Buena Vista Theater, where they show movies, you know, current movies that are in the theater. They'll, sh you know, show ones that are premiering. This is a fabulous place to catch a film. The other theater is the Walt Disney Theater, and this is where you're going to catch your live shows. On the fantasy, you can currently see in the Walt Disney Theater some Broadway caliber shows, such as A Fantasy Come True. An Unforgettable Journey, and premiering this October, you can catch Frozen, a musical spectacular. They're also showing Disney's Believe, Disney's Aladdin, a musical spectacular, and Disney Wishes, depending on your sailings. On The Dream, you can catch Beauty and the Beast, Disney's Believe, and The Golden Mickeys, a timeless tribute. Both of these ships do have the kids' clubs. They have the Oceaneers Club and the Oceaneers Lab. However, unlike the Wonder and the Magic that have them across the hall, these are actually connected by a hallway in the back of those two rooms. So your kid never has to leave one to go to the other. They're just connected, which is very nice. In fact, when we were on the boat, I couldn't understand why they were called two separate things because to me it was just one room with a hallway connecting them. But I like that aspect. Thank you, Rachel. You know, Disney is once again experiencing a period of growth in the cruise line. The cruising industry is as popular as ever. And Disney is, I believe, now an eight-time winner of best in category for family sailing. So much so that in 2016, they decided they were going to need two more ships. So they ordered two more ships uh, that would be an equivalent number of passengers, uh, but the ships would be slightly larger. In 2017, they announced that they were actually going to order a third ship. So 
between 2022 and 2023, Disney is going to be getting three new ships in what they call the Triton class. Now, the previous two classes were named after the lead ship in each class. So, of course, they're going to vary from that tradition now. And the name of their first new ship is going to be the Disney Wish. Um, The in-service date is going to be January of 2022. So I'm sure that there will be more news in in the future as the ship is being built. As both Bridget and Rachel mentioned, uh, you know, there is a ton of entertainment uh, on the Disney Cruise Line as you would expect it's a Disney it's a Disney cruise and what are they known for they're known for two things they're known for entertainment and they're known for family entertainment marrying the two together you know kids clubs are phenomenal as both ladies mentioned you know uh, Broadway style shows first run movies lounge acts magicians comedians um, you know you're 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 never at a lack of anything to do uh, when you're on a Disney cruise. One of the highlights of the cruising is Pirate Night. Disney was the first cruise line to do fireworks at sea. Uh, they had to get special clearance from the Coast Guard to do that. Uh, they were at one point the only cruise line to have fireworks at sea, but somebody copied them and saw how much it meant to their guests. So another cruise line has started doing it as well. You know, Disney is often imitated But in my opinion, Disney is the one cruise line that gets it right, which is, of course, backed up by the fact that I've already mentioned that they have been named the number one cruise line for multiple years in a row. Um, I think Adam, even though he's never sailed on Disney, has some information on the ports where Disney Cruise Line is home ported uh, and their cruises depart from. So, Adam, you want to uh, hit us with that info? Yeah. So the main port that everybody knows and loves is Port Canaveral, the east side of Florida, which is right around where Cape Canaveral... I just said that, Cape Canaveral. No, I said Port Canaveral. Cape Canaveral is the physical landmass that NASA, that Cocoa Beach is on. It's world famous. At least it used to be. I don't know if it still is. That's their big port. Then they have some other secondary ports. And if I mispronounce some of these, I do apologize. But I'm from New Jersey, and that's how I talk. So Barcelona, Spain. Chita. Vecha or Rome, Italy. Now, Rome, of course, is not on the water. It's not on the Mediterranean or anything. So I guess that Cittavici city is close enough. Tony, am I right on that? Cittavici. Yeah. Yes, it's it's close enough to Rome that it is considered uh, like suburban Rome. Yeah. Adam, yeah. aren't you Italian? I am, but I've never heard of that word before. Cittavici. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay, uh, go ahead. Copenhagen, Denmark. <laughs> Copenhagen. Copenhagen, Copenhagen, okay. Uh, Dover, England, as not to be confused with Dover, New Jersey, where I come from. Uh, Galveston, Texas, Honolulu, Hawaii, which, I mean, that's where I want to go. Miami, Florida, South Beach, New Orleans. Do you guys say New Orleans or Nolans? Anybody? All right. I go with New Orleans. Orleans. Thanks for playing along. But that's because we're from the Northeast. Get lies on here. It'll be different. Well, I'm from Arkansas, though, and I say New Orleans. You don't say New Orleans? No. Okay. And see, I say uh, Arkansas. <laughs> Serious? Well, that's a lot better than um, lots of people from Kansas say Arkansas. Hmm. Because uh, there's a huge debate. Like some people say Arkansas River and others say Arkansas River. If you're from Kansas, you say Arkansas River. Arkansas River. I get it. That's funny. And, and they're serious. They think that's what it's called. And it's um, not. It's the Arkansas River because it ends rivers are named where they end and it ends in Arkansas. Uh, okay. That's kind of like in New York and New Jersey, not to get off topic here. I, I, I will get on. <laughs> hold on though. I'll get on topic. Trust me. 
the Statue of Liberty is technically in New Jersey, a water area, but the people from New York always say it's in New York. And then, of course, if you look at a map, it's like kind of like leaning towards New Jersey. So everybody kind of pulls at the Statue of Liberty. The reason why I bring that up is because the next port is New York, New York. And they actually do sell out of the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. Now, there are cruise ports in Hoboken and Jersey City. There are some on the East River. Not really. Not by Brooklyn and all that. That's kind of... There's a lot of bridges there they got to worry about. But they sell out of New York, New York, and that's the sailing that Bridget and Mark and their family mm-hmm. went out of last year. It's awesome because you, you ha- you're so close to the Statue of Liberty, too, when you, you sail by. The kids were like, oh, my God, look, and they were so excited. Because even though we go to New York all the time, we've never been to the Statue of Liberty. What? Well, because I think it's Mark has, I have. Because it's in New Jersey, that's why. <laughs> the great debate. It is. But you've uh, never taken the kids to see the Statue of Liberty? No, because every time we go, it's a that's a whole day trip. And every time we go, we've where there's like something else planned. So we have to like pick a day and just do that. That's a whole thing. Well, you, but you've never even like just seen it? I mean, I've seen it. I've never been to Ellis Island and gone over to the, uh, the islands. I mean, I've oh, seen okay. it. The kids have seen it. They just haven't been to the island. Well, that was the first time they've ever seen, like, they've at, they've seen it that close. I mean, they may have seen it in the distance, like, driving down the turnpike. Okay. But, like, that, like, like to see it that close, they were, like, to- they were, they were really excited. Because you're, li- you're literally, like, you're going right past it, down the Hudson. Unless if you're at the tip of Manhattan, Battery Park area, it's far away from, you know, Midtown or something, even if you're along... Mm-hmm. You know, the river. And from what I understand, you can't get to the Statue of Liberty from New York. You have to get from New Jersey. You have to go no, through the whole thing. At this you can get there from New York. You've done that? Well, we did the boat from New York, or at the New York side. We did, what's the park there? I can't remember. Is it Battery, Battery park? park? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we got on the boat and went to Ellis Island. And you oh, could you do it, and you could take it to Ellis Island, or you could take it to the Statue of Liberty. Oh. We didn't do the Statue of Liberty. We just floated by it okay. but on the way to ellis island all right I, yeah because for whatever reason i thought you could only do it from new jersey but regardless now, they almost, might they may have changed it since then you know i'll um i'll look that up and put that in the show notes you can uh, cruise from san diego california san juan puerto rico and vancouver canada those are their ports now some of these ports are more popular than the others i'm not too familiar which ones are the most popular but i know like the European ports, right, Tony, are for the one ship, the one of the smaller ones? Correct. The uh, Magic will do a summer over in Europe each year, does a transatlantic crossing, does Europe for the summer, then comes back across the Atlantic, hits New York for a few months, then goes down to San Juan, and then eventually goes down to Miami. So it's like a college student. and He goes to Europe backpacking for a couple months in the summer. Correct. Yeah, that's what I figured. Correct. It, could I ask what ports you guys have all sailed out of? Personally, I have sailed out of Port Canaveral and New York City, both multiple times in each one of those ports. I've only done New York. I've only sailed out of Port Canaveral. Okay. Now, I've had quite a few clients sail out of Miami, though, and, and Galveston. I've only been out of Port Canaveral. Well, we got to expand our horizons, I think, with our ports. Although the cruise that I'll be going on, if I go which I should be going, but I can't think that far in advance, is uh, Port Canaveral. So, surprise, surprise. 
Right, um, and, and Port Canaveral is uh, current home port of both the Dream and the Fantasy. Uh, the Fantasy primarily does seven-night sailings, and the Dream primarily does three- and four-night Bahamian itineraries. One thing I found interesting that I was reading up, I didn't really wasn't reading on it, I just kind of heard about this, was this thing called the Jones Act. Now, there is a law uh, in maritime procedures, and it's starts in 1886 and i guess it got revised in 1920 and it restricts non-us flagships cannot make consecutive us port stops without stopping at an international port in between so basically the reason why you can't cruise from let's just say port canaveral to miami direct you have to go to Bahamas, you have to go to Bermuda. Some offshore port is because of this Jones Act. And it's basically to, I guess, curb non-U.S. flagships from routing U.S. cargo between two ports without having to, I don't know, pay taxes or something. There's a whole policy and procedure behind this. But basically, the reason why you can't go from Hawaii to, let's just say, California on a cruise... You have to go to Hawaii to Vancouver and vice versa is because of that law. Because Hawaii, of course, being a U.S. port and California being a U.S. port. The other reason why they don't have Hawaii cruises just around Hawaii coming back to Hawaii. You can't get a cruise starting in Hawaii and then go around an island and then coming back to Hawaii. You'd have to go to a international port. That's a that's a good question. I'm sure there are. I mean, there's got to be local cruises that hit well, Hawaii. No. Well, those are local cruises that are U.S. flagged. I'm talking about the Disney cruises. Well, we determined that you can get a Hawaii cruise from Hawaii to Canada and then from Canada back to Hawaii, but you can't do just a Hawaii cruise. If they are following the Jones Act, then they should have a foreign port in there. Yeah, So, but there is no foreign port. Not off of Hawaii there isn't a foreign port. Correct. Yeah, because it's just too far away. The point of what I'm trying to say is if you want to take the maybe not so popular Hawaii cruise, I'm just going to tell you right now, you go from Hawaii to Canada and then from Canada back to Hawaii. It's two separate cruises. You can't actually stay in Hawaii. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think that's why Disney only does that uh, once a year. Yeah. There's one sailing to Hawaii and one sailing from Hawaii. And yeah, then right. Back. Right here, 2020, April 29th, you go from Vancouver to Hawaii, and then on May 8th, nine nights later, you go from Honolulu, Hawaii, back to Vancouver, and that's it. I wonder why they do that. I guess it's popular enough to sell. Well, you know, it, just... brings, it brings people to Alwani. I guess. I don't know. That's another show. That was my exciting thing about the cruises, is that there's a maritime law that forbids... You start you starting in let's just say New York and ending in Maine, or starting in Port Canaveral and ending in Texas. You'd have to stop off somewhere international, which requires a passport. So, if you're going to go on a cruise, make sure you got a passport. A hundred percent. Always have a passport. <clears throat> because God forbid something happens and you have to fly home, mm. you're going to need that passport. Yes, most most Disney cruises are closed loop cruises, which means they start and end at the same point. So normally, if you're cruising from New York and coming back to New York, you wouldn't need a passport to enter the country. However, if some of your ports are on that cruise are international, well, they have to and be. something we just, we just well, yeah, and something would happen to you, 
while you're on the cruise and you would need to be medevaced or you miss your or you miss the ship and you're stranded in a foreign country, then you would need your passport to get back into the United States. So that's my big tip. Everybody had their cool tips. Mine is bring your passport. That's all I bring got your for pa- you. Sorry. Listen to Adam. Bring your passport. Well, thank you, Adam. Those, that uh, port information is very informative. Uh, as you can see, Disney uh, spans uh, most of the U.S. mainland and the European cruising areas. Uh, and who knows where the three new ships uh, will be? Who knows if something's going to become international? Right now, we focus on Disney as a United States cruising option maybe one of those ships will 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 home port in europe full time only time will tell but uh, that will be another class for another day and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this overview Uh, this is the end of disney cruise line 101 Uh, your next sophomore level class disney cruise line 201 uh, will be in session shortly so until the next time i'd like to thank today's instructors rachel bridget and adam and uh, remember to like us. We are the Mouse and More podcast on Facebook. Adam runs the Twitter account. There's an Instagram account out there as well. And if you would like to cruise on any of the Disney Cruise Line ships, uh, contact us at Main Street and More Travel, and we will connect you with an agent. Uh, so until next time, everybody, smooth sailing, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Have a good night. Bye, Bye guys. Enjoy your cruise.